0: Hi there, I am Elza Takatoy from UNASP, São Paulo. You are listening to the English Sabbath School Podcast, Information and Transformation, for your head and for your heart. Hi there, dear friends, I'm Mo Sena for the English Sabbath School Podcast. Lesson two, for Tuesday, I said Tuesday, July 4th. Today's title, it's the same as the the week's title, God's Grand Christ-Centered Plan. First, for those of you learning English as a second foreign language, you have to try to decode or decipher, right? What kind of plan is it? God's Grand Christ-Centered Plan. Very good. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, we are so grateful for the wonderful love that you have lavished upon us, that you have poured down on us in such an extravagant way, and all based on your plan to redeem us, even though we didn't deserve to be redeemed. Be with us as we study your word, send your spirit, may we hear your voice, in Jesus' name, amen. The lesson invites us to open our Bible. So, come on. This is a Bible study class. We have to open our Bibles. Move it. Move it. Information and transformation. It's in Ephesians. Yes, this whole quarter. July, August, and September. We're going to be studying the letter to the Ephesians. Written by Paul. So, what is God's plan for the fullness of time? And how extensive is its reach? Ephesians 1. 9 through 10. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10. He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. What is God's plan for the fullness of time? How extensive is its reach? Can you answer it? Paul uses three labels for God's plan. One, it's the mystery of His will. Two, His purpose. And three, a plan for the fullness of time. What is God's ultimate final plan? What is it? Can you tell me, Camilla? Very good. To unite everything. Everywhere, in one person, in Jesus. Very good. The term that Paul uses to describe the plan is a picturesque one. Greek, my gosh, do they expect me to read this word in Greek? It's anakephalaiosastai. Don't have a clue how to pronounce it. But it means to head up, to sum up all things in Christ. In ancient accounting practice, you would add up a column of figures and place the total at the top. So that's why add up, you put at the top. Jesus heads God's final eschatological plan. This Christ-centered plan was crafted before the foundation of the world. And is so broad that it encompasses all time, the fullness of time. Of the times, New King James Version, and space, all things, things in heaven, things on earth. Paul announces unity in Christ as the grand divine goal for the universe. I'm uh, I'm laughing here to myself because they put such a a long word in Greek for us to read. And uh, what do I know about it? You have to divide this word into six different syllables, six. 200 syllables, what am I saying? (laughs) But focus more, focus here. But it's interesting because they are taking it seriously that we have to study the Bible. And since the Bible, the New Testament, was mostly written in Greek, uh, let us read it in Greek. In discussing God's plan for the fullness of time, Ephesians 1.10, Paul shares the theme that he will weave through the letter. God begins his plan to unify all things rooted in the death, resurrection, ascension, and exaltation of Jesus, by founding the church and unifying disparate elements of humankind, Jews and Gentiles, in it. In this way, the church signals to the evil powers that God's plan is underway and their divisive rule will end. As the Bible says elsewhere, For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Revelation 12, 12. The last half of Paul's letter opens with a passionate call to unity and continues with a lengthy exhortation to avoid behavior that damages unity and instead to build solidarity and with fellow believers. Paul concludes with the rousing image of the church as a unified army Participating with vigor in waging peace in Christ's name. And notice that it's saying here, waging peace, not waging war in Christ's name. Final question. How can you acknowledge and celebrate that the redemption you have experienced in Christ Jesus is part of something sweeping and grand, an integral part of God's studied and ultimate plan To unite all things in Christ. Very beautiful lessons as well. There is so much information, so much material here. We could spend two quarters studying just the letter to the Ephesians. But let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for providing for us this wonderful Bible study guide. May we understand and never take for granted the amazing cost of our redemption. May we always be grateful to you and raise our praises to your name. May we be able to always declare worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It is in Jesus' name we thank you and praise you. Amen. Well, my friends, this is the end of Lesson 2 for Tuesday, July 4th. For those of you who are Americans, uh, whether in the United States or in different parts of the world, happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day. May the Lord grant you freedom and remind you, reminding you that you are free in Christ Jesus. He has redeemed you. For more information, contact us on Facebook or Instagram, Believes Unasp. Tell our friends about our podcast, available on any podcast platform. Pretty please, rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us. And once again, my friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for praying with us and for us. And those of you celebrating the 4th of July, Independence Day, remember... You are free indeed because you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb.